Animated, the anime watch-along podcast with the hosts of Get Played. I'm self-proclaimed talking cat, Heather Ann Campbell. I'm self-proclaimed future man, Nick Weiger. And I'm self-proclaimed convenient camera swipe to avoid nudity, Matt Apodaca. Hello, everyone. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Get Animated, where we are embarking on a journey. That's because this is the first episode of our coverage of mid-2000s ultra-hit The Melancholy of Haruhi Suzumiya, which we are watching in broadcast order here on Get Animated, the premier anime podcast. Premiere. It's new series day. How exciting. New series, everyone. New series. New series. Come get There's your new a new series. series. Uh-oh. It's, Don't say that too close to my Apple Watch. It's not just a new show. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, it, I think. Did you guys hear what the, I said? Yes, I did. I, I did. And so I said show. So I wouldn't <laughs> trigger anybody's fucking devices. I have not seen as much enthusiasm across Twitter and our Discord as I have for the announcement of Haruhi Suzumiya. And I am so excited to personally revisit the show and also introduce you guys to one of the most massive anime cultural phenomenons of the last 20 years. Yeah, this one's new to me, uh, but it's uh, I'm aware of its reputation and aware of its fandom. And this is exciting. I, I not unlike um, when you shepherded us through uh, Evangelion. I just like, I just like when someone I know has something they like, and they're like, "Here's this." So that's exciting. This is it's exciting for me on that level is that I get to experience something that you enjoy. So this is this is great. Like if it's cornbread, they're like, "Hey, I made this cornbread. I like this. I know all about it. Have some." I'm like, and I take a bite. This is great. Oh, I love it. That's what it's all. This is this is that. You couldn't have picked a better example too, because that's like the no, that's number one. Everybody love a cornbread. Everybody love cornbread. Some butter, mm. or honey on that. Dip what about like chili. a sweet butter? Uh, don't even. Get I love me a sweet. I love a sweet butter. Uh, Do you ever go to Soup Plantation? Sweet tomatoes in the south. Yeah, I have, and the one by me is is long gone, and I'm furious. They've mostly they've mostly shuttered. I think the company has actually filed for bankruptcy. There are perhaps some some still standing locations, but they had a really good like for a chain restaurant. They had a really good cornbread there and a good sweet butter that was paired with it. They had to. Uh, they should have stuck with uh, sweet tomatoes. I'll say, <laughs> guys, I can't wait to dive into this series. What can I can I ask you just generally like where does this one like is this one of your favorite anime or where does this rank in your personal uh, uh, state uh, like like rankings? Uh, it is not one of my favorite anime, uh, mm. but rewatching it might change that. Interesting. Um, I mostly was excited. So you, I Abadaka loves Lost, right? Yeah, But for a lot of people, if you ask them today, Lost isn't going to rank in their top shows. And I think that to be present... idiots only, yeah. yeah. Like, the same with, like, (laughs) Mad Men. Uh, Like, if you're you're watching a show at the apex of its cultural impact, you feel like you're a part of a community. Sure. And watching Mm -hmm. Haruhi in 2007, uh, or even late 2006 felt like you were a part of something. And I think I think there's an argument that could be made that Harhi was the first wide internet phenomenon anime. Mm. 
um, that inspired dances all over the planet, that inspired, um, you know, long forum deconstructions of what was happening on the show. And uh, it even inspired a math problem, which I'll read here from Wikipedia. What is the fewest number of Haruhi? So the non-chronological broadcast order of the anime inspired a math problem because the series was aired non-chronologically. What is the fewest number of Haruhi episodes that one would have to watch in order to see the original 14 episodes in every order possible? In 2011, efforts to solve the Haruhi problem on 4chan led to a proof of the lower bound for minimal length of super permutations, solving an open math problem since 1993. That's cool. That is pretty <laughs> cool. Um, it, it is boy, cool. The one good thing 4chan has done. <laughs> uh, I I do have a question about this, and mm -hmm. I know that we'll probably get into this as the series goes on, and maybe like with a bird's because you have a bird's eye view of this. Yes, you know the series. Yes, you know subsequent things about it. Yes, was it known as it aired that it was not in the correct order? I don't know if it was known. I know okay. that in 2006 and 2007, the only way to watch anime was either to purchase DVD boxes or to torrent it, right? Mm -hmm. So here I am hearing all this buzz about Haruhi Suzumiya, and I'm like, well, I'll fucking watch it. So I download episodes one and two mm -hmm. of Haruhi Suzumiya, which, as we watch today, are episodes 25 and one. Yes. Uh, and I... When you would download a new episode every week, you'd be like, wait, what the fuck is happening? Like, am I getting these out of order? Are they mislabeled? Sure, what, like, right. What? But if you're watching the ones that were being released and then uploaded onto these torrent websites, uh, that you knew that there wasn't any other episode coming out that week. So it had to be the next episode. But that first, the first episode of the show felt like a bomb had just been dropped. You were like, "What?" I mean, you know, you're not confused by it, but you're also like, "What the fuck is happening? What am I watching? What yes. is the show?" Yeah, right. And as a cold open for a series, I think that uh, the what is it called the um, the Adventures of Mikuru Asahina. Yeah, the, the, the Adventures of Mikuru Asahina was uh, was such a great conversation starter. And such an awesome cold open. You also have to take into context, this show was so well animated for its time. Mm. Like, you watching characters an animated with this kind of love, like even in the, uh, the end credits, was uh, like there's so many frames of animation to describe different uh, physical motion in the show itself. And then additionally to that, there was digital compositing that happened specifically in the first episode of the show, which was totally new. Like, making it look like it was filmed on a camcorder, adding that, like, cr chromatic color coloration, adding, like, the focus problems mm -hmm. that happen in the episode itself. Like, all of that shit was new. So it was, like, watching a very confident... Uh, masterpiece designed to look like garbage on purpose 
we're we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna start getting into the episodes themselves. So I I think let's yeah. let's let's return to this discussion and okay. and first uh, begin by the, the you know as as we usually do discussing what we've been weebin. What we've been weebin. Hi, I'm Ash Ketchum, former star of Pokemon, and I'm here to ask you, Matt Apodaca, I choose you. What have you been weebin? What have I been weebing? Well. I've been I've been wanting to watch. I haven't been able to track it down yet because it's not released here yet. But there's a new Pokemon anime. Ash, sorry, I know this is maybe a touchy subject. Actually, oh boy, I I I really stepped in it. I fucked up so bad right now. I'm scared. (laughs) I stepped in a Beedrill's nest right here. Um, A bee Pokemon. Uh, But there's a new one. Where, 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 I want to see the new protagonist. I want to see the new adventure because I heard the animation style is good. I have not been just able to... twisting the knife. New protagonist, new adventure. I just, I just think it's interesting. I, I would like okay. to check it out, but it's not released here. I know that I think they're going to be releasing it on Netflix, uh, in at some point uh, later this year. But I want to watch it. I want to watch it now. I've also never watched Pokemon, um, in Japanese, so I think that'd be interesting. So I'm gonna uh, have to. See if I can find a way to watch it somehow. Um, they, but I, you know, even if it, if something's on Netflix or Hulu, it almost always ha- just has a Japanese language track. Yeah, I, 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 it's it's helpful if you if you know the uh, the the kanji for uh, Nihon or Nihongo. I mean, then then it's like mm-hmm. if if you know what that looks like, then you can pick it from the menu because. Sometimes it'll it'll be that instead of Japanese. Right. Matt's not going to have a chance to watch that show because I know where that motherfucker lives. Oh, my <laughs> God. <laughs> I'm going to get killed by Ash Ketchum. Honestly, uh, a fitting end for me. Um, I'm going to fucking fling a Blastoise at you. <laughs> Good luck. He's going to drown me in my own home. You're going to uh, die from Magic Carp. <laughs> Imagine how fucking long that's oh going to take. Oh, God. He, the only move he has until he evolves at like level 50 is Splash. Uh, it's going to be a nightmare for me. Um, but so I, I mean, I'm in search of that. I really want to watch that, but it's been light. It's been light. I have a little extra time this week that I think I'm going to just dig into stuff because. My my girlfriend's out of town, so I'm not like sharing the. I don't have to be conscientious about sharing the television. Um, so I think I'm just gonna get get into some stuff. Uh, mm. But I've been reading. I'm. I I think I'm caught up on Chainsaw Man, and I just. I need the anime now. I need it now. Today, but it's not here yet. It takes time. I need it. I just need it as soon as they can give it to me. Doesn't have to look that nice. Just, just, just put it on my TV. I can't wait to see some Chainsaw Man. Uh, but I'll kick it back over to Ash to decide um, who should go next. Well, you're never going again, motherfucker. Oh my god, I'm legitimately. <laughs> That's afraid. your own fault. You did it to yourself. I know, you did but it to hey, sorry. You played yourself. I got play. I guess I got played. Not on this show. No. Hey. Hey, Nick. Played. Yeah. Nick. I choose you. Wow, thanks, Ash. I started a new show that's on Crunchyroll called Doctor Stone. Ooh. I have an o- offline friend who was telling me about Doctor Stone. Heather, have you seen it? I love Doctor Stone. Yeah. So I watched the first two episodes. The premise is, it's a world where every human on Earth has been turned to, and and a lot of animals have been turned to stone. By like like basically they all like everyone got medusa just like just like worldwide medusing 
And 3,700 years go by as two people who were in the presence of, like, the way they were positioned, uh, they had uh, nitric acid dripping onto their stone forms, gradually dissolving them um, over the course of, you know, three, three millennia. Uh, until they broke out, and now, and it's two guys. Uh, one is a super smart guy. One is a big brawny guy who are basically just rebuilding society. Uh, the lead, the or I guess the I think the lead is more the brawn guy. He's more the per, the protagonist you're supposed to be rooting for. But the science guy is very like hard sciency, and like he basically says at one point, "I shall defeat fantasy with science." Like, he's wow. like, I'm using science to undo this magical premise of this uh, uh, of this anime. And it kind of shares in some ways, like, kind of the Martian, like, some DNA with the Martian. Like, I'm going to science the shit out of this. You know, that sort of approach. Because, mm-hmm. like, there's a, there are points when, when he's, like, talking about specific chemical compounds, uh, you know, and how to develop them. Um, he's talking about uh, fermenting, you know, there's a point where he like ferments wine or he, uh, in order to ferments grapes to make wine so he can combine it with the nitric acid to make a more powerful com- carb- compound. There's a thing where he's trying to make uh, lime, which I think like, is calcium carbonate um, so that he can because he's like, that's the, the first the foundational thing we need for society because that's a fertilizer. Uh, it can be used for uh, for building mortar so we can strengthen our buildings. And he's basically like, we're going to try to accelerate, you know, like the billions of years of progress. We're going to try to compress that into one lifetime and rebuild society as everything is completely overgrown, you know, Last of Us style and fucking lions are back roaming the earth. Uh, I, I don't know how I feel about the characters quite yet because they're very much archetypes you know there's like just the the super brainy cocky science guy uh there's like the the brawny guy with a heart of gold and then there's just like a a super muscly um combat guy like a fighting guy who's kind of like a he's kind of like a zen muscle man which it feels like another sort of archetype but there are some interesting thematic things like there's a point where they're just like they're debating about should we bring older people back because if we start, because they they figure out a way, like like they figure out a way to they they're all like high school kids, uh, mm-hmm. you know, very anime style. They they figure out a way to like slow dissolve people in stone forms, and they're still alive underneath. Uh, they're still like in some sense sort of conscious underneath. So there's an ethical aspect to that. There's like a guy that that was wronged one of the guys, and he punches the head off of his statue, and they're like, "You just killed somebody." But it's also like, but they were, but also they've been a statue for three thousand seven hundred years, so it has its own kind of moral calculation to it. But the the old person thing is like, if we bring back old people, they're going to be saying like, I own this land, you know, I own mm-hmm. these, the I want my possessions back, I want my money back, you owe me rent for these things, and they're basically discussing whether or not the like the ethics of bringing everyone back is that justified if what ends up happening is that capitalism returns which i was like oh that's kind of a that's like that's a cool uh, 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 uh that's a cool bit of context for this show but it is it's also kind of goofy it's got like some some really broad sort of comedy that i i don't know made me laugh i'm enjoying it i came uh, someone had recommended it to me um and uh i'm going to stick with it i'm going to watch at least the first series but i i don't know just just uh, to underline it Fantastic premise. The idea of everyone being turned to stone and then two people coming back to life 3,700 years later is a really, really cool baseline uh, for, you know, kind of like a 
this sort of this sort of apocalyptic um uh pastiche it's it's great i I, i'm i'm enjoying it i was gonna say this premise is the most anime shit i've ever heard it's like that's like it's just like there's no anime premises are so much more interesting than any premise like of any western media like just period like that's like such an interesting idea i i love it i so great premise I loved the show, but I hated the show. And by that, Mm. I mean the thing that you just singled out as like an interesting conversation. I feel like the show is packed with stuff like that and also this just raw science stuff. Yes. Where it's like, hey, we've got to figure out how to make a lens or some shit, you know, like, and like, how do you do that? All of the, the, it's kind of like the, the projects that people have where it's like, I'm going to make a burger from scratch. Right. And like what that means and what the actual expense of making a burger from scratch is, uh, like there's a lot of interesting moments in Dr. Stone like that. I, I eventually dropped off of the show because I, I, there weren't enough of those things constantly to keep me interested. And as you've said, the characters are pretty broad. And I was like, I don't really care what happens to these people. Um, but for the first, like, I think I watched the first season. Uh, I was like, fuck, okay, sure. I'll, I'll watch you tell me what salt is. <laughs> what is salt? I don't know. Um, yeah, cool yeah. ideas. I did. I by the way, you mentioned lens. That's a that's a funny thing that you mentioned that because that's a that was like an eighth grade science project I did. I, I made a lens. Yeah. And it involved like using a fucking turntable to because like you know to sort of to to spin the uh, the mold so that you can uh, get that that's that form factor. You can't just yeah. like to get it symmetrical. You can't just like can't carve it by hand. I don't know or grind it by hand. I don't remember if they actually make a lens in Doctor Stone, mm-hmm. but I. They might have. I don't remember. It's been years since I've watched it, but I enjoyed it enough yeah. to say cool, but not enough to ever watch more of it. Uh, I'm gonna stick with it for now, Heather. Cool. What what you been weaving? Well, um, not a ton. Uh, I have a stack of unread Gundam Ace and uh, Hobby Japan's and uh, Kaiju Number Eights. Like a stack of stuff to read. And I'm really excited about reading all those things. I have three model kits right now, like glistening in the sun, ready to be built, uh, including the um, uh, Gundam Aerial full mechanics Bandai kit. Can't wait. What a great Gunpla. Can't wait. Um, I have watched this week more of the series of Gundam Witch from Mercury, which has abandoned. It is now just a Gundam show. Like it, it, I think it used the uh, tropes of the first season to onboard non Gundam fans. Mm -hmm. And now it is just fucking robots fighting again. Mm. And, and enough political machinations that you're a little bit lost, and then you're like, oh, okay, okay, that's that person, that's that person. But instead of countries, it's companies. Instead of it being like Earth versus space, it's like uh, industrial espionage and corporations trying to outdo each other 
on the battlefield, which is, you know, that's a that's a pretty rich yeah. science fiction mind to mind to mine. Is that what you say? Yeah, you can mine a mine. Yeah, that's like that's, that's what you weird. do there. Going down the gold mine to mine. That's weird. Mine also gold. doesn't sound too much like science fiction to me. Have you seen outside? Thank you, Matt. I have seen outside, and I agree with you. <laughs> What's happening? Um, so yeah, I have a lot to read and a lot to weeb, but other than some light uh, Witch from Mercury enjoyment, I've been playing a little video game for a different podcast that we do and that has eaten up all of my free time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's pretty much a global issue right now. <laughs> yeah. Probably um, just productivity has plummeted Yeah, worldwide. Yeah, so that's what I've been weaving and wow. that's what we've been weaving and now it's time to dive into... The Melancholy of Haruhi Suzumiya, which originally started as a Japanese light novel series written by Nagaru Tanigawa. Uh, it was first published in 2003 uh, uh, with the name The Melancholy of Haruhi Suzumiya and was followed with a, 11 additional novels. It was made into an anime, a manga, video games, and a couple of uh, original net animation. As I've said before, if you were an anime fan in the mid-2000s, Haruhi was everywhere. And there is an article here on um, uh, Anime News Network, published in 2020 by Kim Morrissey, which asks the question, why was the Haruhi Suzumiya series such a big deal? Uh, to quote, well before the days of Demon Slayer, an Attack on Titan, there was an anime that took over the internet generation, The Melancholy of Haruhi Suzumiya, a quirky sci-fi series from 2006 about a high school club seeking out paranormal activity. Uh, for those of you who were there during the Haruhi days of the late zeros and early tens, it was easy to get swept up in all the hype. But if you watch the series after its peak, or perhaps only through hearsay, it may be hard to wrap your head around why it was such a big deal. It's not that the show is bad, it's still pretty good in a lot of ways but we're talking about a series that had become a low-key social phenomenon. What magic ingredient did Haruhi have that its contemporaries didn't? So the article goes on to explain a lot of it was timing. Mm. This mm. was a show that generated hype at the beginning of anime on the internet as like a phenomenon. Mm -hmm. So like if you were like, Oh, do you watch anime? I watch anime. What torrents are you watching? Oh, I'm watching this thing. It had like a a, a virility akin to show like akin to viral videos on YouTube where people wanted to be a part of the conversation. Right. Uh, this was also uh, helped by the Japanese video streaming website Nico Nico Doga, which was established in 2006, the same year that Haruhi premieres, and that's like Japanese YouTube. Right? Mm. So if you're a fan of this thing, you make your videos for, for this Japanese YouTube uh, streaming service. And one of the ways you did that is that you did the dance, uh, uh, which is a social phenomenon that is uh, has been remixed and remastered by TikTok. Like TikTok's initial wave of popularity was, do you do the viral dance? And for mm -hmm. Haruhi... 
the Haruhi exit credits had such a specific dance that it inspired a, a huge group of people to participate in doing that dance in different locations. And I've actually shared two different versions of people doing the Haruhi Suzumiya dance, um, which is uh, Harihara Yukai. Uh, and this first one is Akihabara in Tokyo is a giant nerd neighborhood. And if you're listening to this show and you don't know what Akihabara is, I don't know how you what's happening. <laughs> how did you get here? But Akihabara is like an anime and video game mecca for, uh, for nerds all over the world. Um, and here is a stream of the entire street in Akihabara filled with people all doing the uh, Haruhi dance together. This video is extremely low quality because it's from 2006. Right. So it looks like real player. Yeah, and whatever prosumer camera someone had back then. The dance is ended when the police show up to stop people from doing the Haruhi dance. Hmm. Sounds like a film filmed in America. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so here... The crowd is suddenly scattered as oh, the Jesus. cops show up. <laughs> so that gives you an idea of like how intense the fandom was. But I think that how intense the fandom was is better illustrated by this next video, which we can only watch a little bit of, which is inmates in a prison doing the Haruhi dance. Is this also in Japan? Uh, I don't know where this is. I don't believe it's Japan. Maybe it's in the description. Alright, you can, uh... It, fade this yeah, out. it's it's but this is the this is definitely like I mean this is like a full yard of people in prison jumpsuits doing the dance <laughs> wherever it's located indicates its ubiquity. It's the Cebu Provincial Detention and Rehabilitation Center, and that is in uh the Philippines. There you go. So in the Philippines, inmates were doing the Harahi dance. Like, you could not, like, if you went to Anime Expo, everybody's cosplaying as Haruhi or, or her friends. Uh, if you are on internet anime websites in the mid-2000s, everybody's talking about Haruhi. And this was also amplified by the non-traditional release where the episodes were released out of chronological order. Um, so that's what Haruhi is, and that's part of why it was so popular. It was extremely lucky, very good timing, and also the show is a lot of fun. Um, so that 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 part I can attest to. It's it, yes. I, I had a blast watching these two episodes. Yeah, um, the show was uh, animated by Kyoto Animation, uh, which went on to make K on another dominant series of mid two thousands anime fandom. Um, it also made uh, a silent voice 
and Violet Evergarden. Uh, a Silent Voice is a huge cinematic hit. Uh, the animation is lush, beautiful, features a huge number of poses and edits. Like, if you watch the show, you're also kind of like, oh, fuck, this is well done. Um, but none of that is present in the first episode. Well, well here's here's the thing. But it's like like you were saying earlier, it's an intentionally, you know, kind of distressed because it's meant to be we're seeing uh, a essentially a high school student film. It's like yeah. their version of, of like making, of putting together an anime. However, that said, if you're watching this blind, you have no idea that that's what's happening until the, until basically the third act of this episode, because it is, there is an element of like, Oh, is this narrator just like the narrator for the series? And is this just a hyper meta anime? Is that the premise of this series? But like what you were saying earlier about it being just like, when they're doing like a handheld look, you know, like we, we've got it, you've got a character walking, uh, uh, you know, down the sidewalk and we're, and we're doing like a handheld, like that kind of juddery sort of effect. Um, uh, that's, that sort of, you know, loose wobbly framing mm-hmm. as a character is in motion. Like that involves like ke- technique and craft to make that look good. And, you know, and, and as an, as an animated aspect. So it's like, yeah, it's intentionally distressed, but it also looks great because they just you just have to have a lot of like technical um, and artistic uh, credibility to be able to pull this off. I, I I do want to talk about one more thing before we like get into it about just like the series popularity, and this is just speculation because I've only seen these two episodes. But what you talked about with the timing aspect, I wonder if that also has to do with just like where anime was as a format and the maturity of the fandom in terms of having consumed a lot of anime because this is a series that seems to be commenting on the tropes of anime pretty explicitly. Yeah, so this is a show, and we're getting a little ahead of ourselves, but the show is about, and we we find this out in the second episode of our Broadcast Order Watch, is about a, a young girl, a high school student named Haruhi Suzumiya, who begins a club to uh, seek out supernatural phenomenon, though she hasn't announced that yet in, in the actual episode. She's just forming the club, but we get a sense that she's, she, she gives a speech about how hungry she is to see aliens, psychics, uh, robots, magicians, anything Espers outside. Yeah. Outside my of favorite the ordinary. Future men. Future men. Are you a future man? Uh, <laughs> I love it. And because she's bored with uh, with all of the regular people in her life, she eventually tries to join every club in her high school, finds those extremely boring, and eventually starts her own. And the cynicism of the anime production process is echoed in the way that Haruhi stalks her club. And we'll get mm, right. We'll get to that because it is the anime is both an anime. And it's also a meta-commentary on anime. But this first, uh, this first episode of the show, Broadcast Order, uh, is uh, the adventures of Mikuru Asahina. And um, Mikuru sings, Asahina sings her own theme song, apparently under duress. <laughs> and I would love to play a little bit of that for our listening uh, audience.
so funny. Um, so, this, like, hearing this and not really knowing what the show was, I was sort of like, oh, so it's sort of like a, like, DIY, like, <laughs> sort of, like, indie kind of, like, anime. I was like, that's maybe why. It was, like, the, um, it had, like, yeah, it's, like, handmade quality, and then you find out that it's not that. Um, yeah. But very, but a very what a what a start! What a start! That the first thing you see is a Haruhi Suzumiya's film is like shot with like Title Maker on mm-hmm. Windows ninety five, and then the music starts and it sounds like a Casio demo of what a song should be. Yes, and coming in late and in a panic is the voice of a character that you've never met before who's like, me, 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 Like, it's great. <laughs> it's so great. It's so, I don't know. A part of why I liked this show is that in the decade after Evangelion, I was waiting for somebody to do something. And right. this premiere felt like, oh, shit, I'm watching something new. Like, something is happening, and I'm, and I'm going to get to be uh, present for it. Um, and then the, when the, the best example. Uh, oh, sorry. Go, no, go ahead. Go ahead, Nick. I was gonna say just like the best example of of an actor uh doing a job of being a bad singer and that for played for comedy is George Costanza, uh Jason Alexander, who's a Broadway singer, as George Costanza singing the "Believe It or Not," George isn't at home. Uh, and it and this is like in that category of just like. This this voiceover artist, I don't know their name, but just like doing doing such a, a good job of singing poorly. Uh, it's but like you're, what you're getting is the characters. This is the character's best attempt to do this performance. So it's so yeah. layered. Um, yeah, I, it, it made me laugh a lot. So this uh, this this episode made me laugh out loud multiple times. Yeah. Yes. It definitely. It's also it's a successful comedy and a good anime. Uh, so the the summary of this episode, which is going to be hard to like walk through as a step of plot points because it isn't really a good movie, like it's not a it's not a good no. project. <laughs> um, so, so we're watching a, a a film produced by the characters inside of the show Haruhi Suzumiya in the movie. Mikuru Asahina is a time traveling waitress from the future who has to engage in battles with an alien magician played by the character Yuki Nagato. Uh, Yuki is just Rey. She's just Rey from Evangelion. There's like her voice, her intonation, her aloofness. Like she is an embodiment of this trope. And each of these characters is a anime trope that Harhi is sort of wrangling together. Uh, Mikuru is sworn to protect uh, Itsuki Koizumi, uh, who is like a dude who's in this film. Um, But then, for no reason at all, it begins a love triangle between uh, two of the characters and this guy. The entire episode is narrated by the character Kyon, who begins by narrating it in an attempt to actually narrate the action and provide some sort of like 
narrative through line to the thing, but eventually he just starts uh, deconstructing what he's seeing as if yeah. he also only had one take. Because clearly the song is only one take, the, the intro yeah. song. So he's also talking about what he's watching and how it doesn't make any fucking sense. <laughs> yeah, he's like, okay, so yeah. I guess now this is happening. Uh, <laughs> it's, 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 they were shooting at nighttime now, and now it's daytime. Uh, I, you know, that doesn't really make sense. Yeah, openly just ex- just explaining, okay, well, there's a plot hole here, so I guess we're just going to jump to this next thing. <laughs> and then, uh, and, and like also, like there's like a part where he comments on what that like what there's so it's like something really in, inappropriate happened here it's like wait so the implication here is that he bathed this an unconscious woman like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah he also is like he's frustrated that characters are being like asked to change in front of camera yeah uh, yeah he is uh he's critical of the plot which you know initially is like a, a a a girl who is a future waitress is also working at selling um she's like standing in front of stores and hawking merchandise yeah yeah she's her, in a sexualized bunny costume with she's a mascot yeah yeah with her sworn enemy who right. battles against her in other sequences almost as if these scenes were to help pay for the creation of the short <laughs> video that we're watching. Yeah. Um, yeah. She... Cause there are just also like ads kind of cut into here. Yeah. Like she just talks. She just, <laughs> my favorite is like, there's a point where she's like talking about a, she's direct a camera, giving a plea to like for customers to come out to this model shop. And she's like, the owner was a 28 year old businessman who got tired of the corporate life. He put all his savings into the shop, and now it's failing. Like, it's not doing any business. Please, we need your customers. Please come out. Support the model shop. And and it's it's an anime where, because this is a production inside the anime, they're also aware of camera and script. So during that monologue, Asahina also is like, I can't read. Can you move it closer? And you see, like, a cue card move into the corner of the frame where uh, somebody gets to read or where she gets to read the advertisement that she's clearly been paid to to read. There are scenes where in the background, a bounce, like somebody would be holding up a bounce board, clearly doesn't yes, know what a right. bounce board is for. Yeah. And then is slowly framed out. <laughs> when you consider like how hard it is to make anime and how all of this stuff has to be drawn these jokes are they're great jokes because not only are they funny like on a service level but also to know that like okay we're gonna have a meeting and uh somebody's gonna pitch what if there's a guy with a bounce board and the bounce board's not pointing at anything and then we slowly like move the camera away (laughs) from him or like can't like there's a conversation that happens in this film where two characters are talking, but it breaks the rule of thirds. Uh, and so they're both, every time you cut to the other character, they're talking in the same direction as if they're both facing a wall. Like that's an extremely, Kyoto Animation is known for being film lovers. And 
you can't tell these jokes without knowing what movies are and what television is and then making it bad on purpose. Yeah, it's it's like as far as look, like the the bad. Here's a bad movie that the characters made like we've that's kind of old hat at this point, And this felt like a fresh approach. Yeah, because like just the changes are so or sorry, the the artistic choices are so baffling on top of the technical incompetence. <laughs> yeah, it was like and waiting so, for Guffman. I was like, this is yeah. like this is so good. Yeah. The the moment where and oh, sorry, Heather, go on. No, go ahead, go ahead. I just the moment where the cat just starts talking. <laughs> I was like, this is so funny. That this cat would just be on the presence of this other character the whole time and then suddenly just has just fully voiced. Yeah. And then also the guy directing it, or at least the guy shooting it, like disagrees with this choice. He's <laughs> like, "Why is the cat talking now? Uh, you can't just start talking." I so I watched the dub, mm-hmm. and what is his voice like in the subs? Because in the dub, his voice is really funny. It's, it's like, very deep. It's yeah, like okay, an old same, man. Same, same thing. Yeah, yeah it's like yeah. very deep voice. Yeah, <laughs> uh, there's. Excellent uh, jokes about how if you don't know what the next plot move is, you should point the camera at the sky or like slowly pan over to the sky. Yeah. Uh, which happens multiple times until it that move itself is a joke. Um, they're like the plot of it also is these two care. It's it's as if you're watching bad improv. Mm-hmm. Two characters are fighting, and then suddenly they are both enrolled at the same school. And Kion is like, and I, they, they're at school now. They're, we're, they're, yeah, right, they're both yeah. at school. <laughs> um, there, the, there's a scene where they're, sorry, they're just because the, there's a, the fight scenes too have their own, like, yes. uh, their, their own jokes. One of them is they're shooting it, they're clearly on a playground. And then they just ask the kids to move to the side, but they're still in the frame. So the kids are just sitting there like looking like what the hell is going on. <laughs> and then uh, Mikuru is at the top of a slide doing a kick, but she's self-conscious about her dress being lift up, lifted up. So she's like pulling it down at the same time. <laughs> it looks so uncomfortable. <laughs> there's a moment where they, they so, when they're battling, there's also like in-camera effects that they're adding to the battle, like uh, like really generic looking lightning bolts, mm-hmm. like the sort of thing that you might see in like, uh, I mean, like the Eric Andre show mm-hmm. is a great sure, yeah. like example of like this falsified low rent look. Uh, there are like in camera multi zooms, which feels like something you would see featured on a camcorder at Best Buy, but mm-hmm. the whole movie is feels improvised where it was like, oh, you know what we need? We need them to all go live in the same house. So they yeah. live in the same house now. And and Kion's like, but don't you have to explain that? And she's like, no, nobody gives a shit. Just fucking put them in the same house. <laughs> uh, there's, a, there's a point in a battle where they set off a bunch of fireworks near the main character and the actress is upset about it and hiding. <laughs> yes, yeah. <laughs> And then she's getting it like, no, you have to like, you still have to fight. Like she's trying to get to get her to stay in the scene. Yeah. And then teachers like show up behind them. Um, yeah, it's it, it look, it, it's it's all really great. And what I'll say, like, I watching this for the first time, and and you know, not really knowing what I was in for in terms of the the series as a whole. 
Like I I got it by the end, but for a good good the good half of it in towards the third act, it, I like uh, through through a, a good portion of me watching this episode. I thought like, oh, this is just what the show is. I didn't realize <laughs> yes. what was. And, and so you think of the, the mindset of someone watching this for the first time when it airs in like 2006. Like, it's just like, this is just such a bold gambit to have this be the first episode that introduces this series and these characters, you know? I, I don't know. I, I kind of love it as a choice. Yeah, I definitely, until the flip was like, I guess it's just like this. This is kind of like a kooky kind of show. <laughs> interesting, interesting. Let's see how long well, they can sustain like, right. this vibe. <laughs> right, because like when, when Heather was talking about, like you start seeing bounce boards, when you start seeing camera crew, you start to get a sense of who the narrator is. Okay, this is a person in this reality who's operating a camera. Like it's like, once you start to get, once then you it starts to kind of add up. Yeah. But it, it's not completely clarified until they pop out of this at the, at the end. And yeah. I know we've talked about the camera and uh, the movement of that a little bit, but there's like, there's a fluidity to which like a handheld camera moves in real life that they somehow nailed. It's a, it's a and masterpiece. I don't understand. I don't fucking understand how they did it. Like, I don't understand a lot about animation, uh, like just in general, but um, just like looking at this, I was like, okay, but like, did they make the cartoon and then shoot it with the camera? Like, what did they do? It was very, it's shocking to me. If you, if yeah, my guess is, yeah. Yeah, go, go on. Heather. Yeah, there are moments where there's like a pan with mm -hmm. a, tr clearly the camera is supposed to be on a tripod. And there's always this moment when you pan with a camcorder when you're a kid, uh, which now nobody fucking knows because we've all got iPhones, but you would turn it and it would, like kind of get stuck a little bit. And so your first movement would be really fast and then it would slowly turn. Yeah. And they've emulated that they've emulated not being able like the auto sensor, not being able to find focus and like shifting off of somebody into something in the background and back to their face. Uh, they've emulated like the sound of your hand on the camera to mm -hmm. make the move like before a move you'll hear this thump <laughs> what were you gonna say nick oh i was just gonna say like as far as uh, the technical side of things you know I, I imagine just like the cell's a little bigger it's and and you know so they're they're they just have the fr a, a larger frame to work with mm -hmm. and they're just moving the camera within that um you know like i i, I don't know where where uh, NLEs and where where editing software was in 2006 exactly, or I guess 2004, 2005, would this would have been produced? But you know, there there are like After Effects plugins where you can you can simulate a handheld effect. I mean, I've done that in videos of my own where it's just like, oh, this was a static shot, and just want to, like I'll just make it feel like a handheld, or this is like a still image. I'll try to make this feel like a handheld. So like it's an achievable effect, but doing it in animation is like. It, I, I imagine it's more laborious and I also would not be shocked if they decided they had a specific thing they wanted to do and they just like kind of hand animated every frame, mm -hmm. you know? So, I mean, like it's, it's, it is really, it is a really cool effect. It's also, however they do it. The color of the episode is garbage. Like mm -hmm. it hasn't been white balanced correctly. Yeah, that's great. So like everything is like shifting color balances and like some shots, they're really green and some of the shots, they're like really washed out. There are moments where you, where the simulated 
uh, diopter of the of the shot and the and the and like the uh, l- exposure is fully blown out before it like adjusts to be super dark and then finds the right setting. It's so many jokes uh, for such a shitty, shitty piece of <laughs> television. Like it's it it's really hard to thread that needle. I think like to. And and when you consider that it is something that works also across cultures, that we can watch this and the jokes still work, even though we're not Japanese, like it is a, it's an incredible piece of comedy. Um, and watching it again, yeah. I was like, fuck, maybe Haruhi's going to be like, to your point, Nick, maybe it's going to rank for me. Mm. Mm. Like, maybe- and this, this, in- this individual episode is one of the funniest an- episodes of anime I've ever seen. Yeah. Just, I, again, laughed out loud multiple times. Yeah. I was hooting and hollering. Yeah. So <laughs> at the end of this video, <laughs> which reprises Mikru's terrible fucking theme song, uh, you hear Haruhi Suzumiya go something like, it's a triumph. <laughs> it's great. It's perfect. <laughs> and you reveal that this is a video that is being watched by a group of by the group of kids that made it. Mm-hmm. And the animation style changes. It's now widescreen because this is another thing. This is all in 4-3. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So it's it's framed poorly on your television. Uh it goes out to widescreen and the animation becomes even more lush, even more beautiful. It's well colored. Um, and uh, the rest, like, Haruhi Suzumi is like, this is perfect. We're going to premiere it. It's going to be a huge success. And Kyon, the narrator, is like, what is she talking about? This is <laughs> awful. We can't show this. Uh, and that's the end of the episode, right? So you're like, yeah. in a way, you've been introduced to all these characters. You get their emotive qualities come through beyond the quote acting that they're doing in this short film. Like Asahina is pretty much the same girl in the video as she is in the actual anime. Right. Uh, yeah. Uh, same with, uh, with Yuki who is the, um, Ray stand in of the show. Uh, so you get, it's, it's a, it's a functional cold open also because like everybody's like, oh, here's this, this idiot. Here's this person. They act like this. Here's this person. Um, it works. Ex- with the exception of Harui Suzumiya, the title character. Yeah. Who like basically ba- like is, uh, is, cl- is we, we infer and figure out, especially after we watch the next episode, uh, like the, the mastermind behind this um, debacle. But like it's just another thing, which is like this. It's unthinkable to make this in America because yes. the note you would get first of all is this can't be the first episode, and maybe that's the <laughs> note they ultimately got, and that's why things got reordered. And you know when they released the the, the DVDs and put it on streaming. Uh, but the other note you would get is like if you insist that this has to be the first episode where it's going to be they're making a show and we're being introduced to the characters in this kind of way of like this is them making the thing. Then Haruhi, the title character, has to be the main character. Like otherwise, it seems like the Mikuru show. But they're just like, no, we, this is what we want to do. And so, it, it, I don't know, it's, it's just such a fascinating way to begin this thing. I think um, if, I, if I could be a cynic, cynic about why yeah. they aired it out of order, it was probably to drive DVD sales. 
Like, oh, I've watched it out of order. Now I'm going to buy the DVDs so I can watch it in chronological order. That's fascinating. And then there were special editions that had the episodes back in broadcast order. And then when they released the second season, which nobody was sure was going to happen, they rebroadcast the first season in chronological order on Japanese TV and didn't tell people that the second season was just going to start. Wow. Like, there's so many, like, to use a, a real cringy word, alpha moves made by this production company. <laughs> like, they're, what a what a ballsy sort of like, yeah, yeah. we're just going to show this as the first fucking episode of our TV show. Um, by the way, it's not cringe to use alpha. It's alpha to use alpha. Nice. So what you just did was an alpha. Yeah, move. that oh, was yeah. actually, you know, uh, Heather's a giga chad. <laughs> what isn't present on Crunchyroll are the next episode previews. And in the original next episode preview, there was a character awareness of the sh- fact that the show was being aired out of order. So uh, Haruhi would be like, next up, an episode two of Haruhi Suzumiya. And Kion would be like, it's episode one. It's the first episode. And then she'd be like, it's the the melancholy of Haruhi Suzumiya. And then when she would announce the next episode after that, Kion would be like, no, it's episode nine. Uh, even wow. though, That's really funny. Yeah. Um, so you were, as you watched past episode three, because originally you're like, oh, it's episode zero, episode one, episode two. When you get to episode three, it goes non-chronological again. So you're like, oh, I see what's happening. Kion's telling me that she's airing these things out of order as if she's in control of them in some way. Interesting. Uh, that I mean, that's great. And they shouldn't have taken. I wish they hadn't taken that out. Yeah. Well, you know. It's really funny. Uh, they also, I wish there was a button that just let you watch them in broadcast order. This is, yeah, this is the, I wish the Crunchyroll UI was a little different because they have this playlist option. And I was like, I'll just put all of the episodes in a playlist. You can't do that. You can put a bunch of different series in a playlist, but not individual episodes, which doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Crunchyroll's interface is chaos yeah but you know because who owns be, Crunchyroll? Yeah. sony yeah, sony yeah. <laughs> those so messy bitches yeah 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 it all tracks how easy it is to accidentally click the portuguese dub of the show you want to watch <laughs> so following episode zero we finally get introduced to the actual show the melancholy of harhi suzumiya with episode one which is two but is episode one <laughs> yes of uh, Haruhi Suzumiya, which begins like a regular slice of life anime. Uh, we're introduced to Kyon, who is the uh, dude who narrated the first episode. Uh, yes. And he also services as our series narrator. So he f- services the same function both in the meta episode that begins the show and then the, ep- the show as a whole. He talks about how when he was a kid, he didn't believe in Santa Claus. He yeah. was he was off, off, he was off on Santa right away. He's like, I had to see through this fucking dude. And you're seeing these Eva-esque flashbacks of like single cuts where uh Kion is remembering his childhood, which I fucking love. Um, there's so many cuts in this episode that like are unnecessary and perhaps wouldn't be done if the show was made on a tighter budget. But as the story is being told, you're getting 
multiple cuts, multiple angles that inform sort of the emotional tone of the episode. So uh, Kion's like, I didn't believe in Santa. And I didn't even see my mom kissing Santa Claus. Like, none of that shit happened. I just didn't believe in Santa. But it took me longer to give up on the idea of anime heroes, aliens, time travelers, psychics, also known as espers. Um, All of that took longer for me to give up. Uh, And as he's sort of pontificating on this, uh, you, you, you follow him all the way to class where he sits down and each of the students is giving their own introductions for like who they are. And I'm, I'm happy to be a part of this school. And, uh, we are interrupted by Haruhi Suzumiya who is got incredibly long hair. Uh, he describes her as a, a, like a beautiful girl. She stands Mm -hmm. up and says the opposite of all the things Kion just has said. She's like, I'm only interested in aliens, future men, anime heroes, time travelers, and espers. And if you're a regular person, don't fucking talk to me. Yeah. And then she stares down the class waiting for anything to happen and then finally sits down. Uh, Kion has lunch uh, with, uh, or, or before that, uh, Kion sort of uh, realizes this girl is really eccentric and uh, her he has like uh, friends who are all from her class, like yes. before high school. And they're yeah, like, they're all in junior high with her. They're like, uh, so this chick's been crazy as long as we've known her. Uh, do you remember maybe hearing on the news about a middle schooler painting the roof of a building with Nazca lines, that was Haruhi. Yeah, the quad scribbles. The, and yeah, she just did, basically did like a crop circles yeah. with chalk. And then more interestingly to Kion, she's never dated anybody for more than five minutes. Like she's, But she dates everybody. But she dates everybody. Uh, yeah. So um, <laughs> when, when- Apparently just like her date, apparently her dating- process is she gets close to somebody asks if they're an alien esper or future man and then if they say no she's like get away from me you're wasting my time so that's fair so kion also hears that she joined every club at school uh and that if she and he's like if she wasn't such a weirdo she'd be popular because she's good at sports her grades are pretty good and she's beautiful yeah. Uh, but she she joins all the clubs and then drops the clubs. She doesn't want to be a part of any sports clubs. Uh, and every time we see her as a character in the show, as like the days progress, her hair is a different style. Uh, which one of the things you know about anime is the hair never changes. Like that's how you right. identify people. So her hair constantly being like a totally new look each scene is, um, I don't know, it's attention grabbing. And then eventually she cuts it entirely. Yeah, she cuts she it off. She comes a little later, yeah. But only after Kion talks about it to her. Yeah. Uh, so one day, Kion turns around and is like, so I hear you you only date people for like five minutes. Is that true? <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, who are you? Why are you talking to me? And he's like, I don't know. I'm just talking to you. And uh, he comments in our narrative, like in our voiceover. He's like, I don't even know why I was talking to her. Like, I just suddenly was talking to her. Um, and uh, he uh, he also is like, I've noticed your hair. 
you change it every day. And I've kind of noticed a pattern. There's uh, more hair ties each day of the week. And she's like, how long did it take you to notice that? And he's like, I don't know, a few days ago. And she's like, huh. <laughs> it's if Yuki is Ray, Haruhi shares the same DNA as Asuka from Evangelion. Like that bratty, like bravado. Uh, but she's, I think, funnier than Asuka. Yeah, she's more of a of an overtly comedic character. But yeah, yeah just that that, you know, super uh, grumpy, angry, aggro, yeah. uh, kind of oblivious in terms of how uh, like, you know, humans should behave to each other. Yeah. Uh, and, and and also just like very dominant and assertive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's it's a it's a very funny character. What, what's the there's like a there's like a trope, right? It's a, a tsundere. I don't know if she she qualifies as that, but it's like the kind of like the angry girl who softens. It's, I think that's a, that's an archetype that you see in a lot of anime. Um, but she she is like she is pronounced like it's, it's when Asuka has like a frown. Sometimes her frown, uh, Haruhi's frown is just perpetual. Her eyebrows yeah. are just targeted down. Yeah, like she's like a a, a Muppet eagle. Um, she's just so she's <laughs> perpetually angry. Yeah, she's she's super angry. She cuts off all her hair when Kion notices it. Uh, and there's really neat one of the things I mentioned earlier. There's a lot of cuts that don't need to be made. Uh, like there's a moment in this episode where they have an awkward silence where she's like, "How long did it take you to notice that?" or something, and he and he's like, "I don't know, a couple days ago." And there's a moment of silence, and there's like nine cuts they could have just held the wide but instead they constantly are cutting back and forth between the characters as if like tempting the characters to speak mm-hmm. and nothing is ever said um Kion gets to other members of the class are like hey i hear you, you i see you talking to haruhi that's pretty cool and she didn't talk to anybody and he's like great and uh the uh asakura who is feels like a class rep or something. Uh, Kyun's friends have ranked all of the women in the school based on their dateability. And is and this girl sits at the top of the ranking. She's cute, sweet, and good at, at school. So she must be like the best to date. Uh, this girl comes up and is like, hey, it's really great that you're, you're talking to Haruhi. We, we have never been able to talk to her. And it's, it's good that she's making friends. Kyun's like, I don't, want to be her friend I don't even know why I'm talking to her and so when it comes time to reorganize the class and rearrange the seats he's happy to move over by the window but Haruhi moves uh, right behind him yeah I I like uh, um yeah I I I think like it, it it's worth commenting on because you you mentioned this earlier Heather but you know just because of the contrast in styles between this episode and the the previous one just like how what a what a great looking show this mm-hmm. is! Fucking gorgeous show. Love the character designs. Love the love the line width. I mean, I just I think the uh, the palette is really lush. The backgrounds are super detailed. It's just and 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 you know it does some some really interesting shot composition. You know, it's like I I don't I don't know I I like it's just it's just great to look at. Um, and obviously that goes a long way with uh with an animated series. Um, but yeah, also just like frames are just like packed with characters. There's just like, they're, everything feels super populated. Yeah. It feels like they, they, they weren't cutting any corners. It feels wealthy as a show. Like, I don't, I don't know that 
Kyoto Animation is a particularly high budgeted studio, but I know that like based on the other shows that they've made, they clearly are great at what they do. And mm-hmm. this show is a, a like a really confident like demonstration of all that. Like you've got you've got tons of shots in the show that don't need to be there that that like are from interesting camera angles where the characters are having dialogue and you're not just holding it a wide where you're like cutting back and forth to different setups and and framings. Also, it's not just like shot reverse shot reverse it's shot yeah. shot reverse shot of a desk shot of their shoes shot of their eyes back to the uh, first setup like it's really complicated as a series and i think that if you're going to be as ballsy as, as they were to release episode zero the way they did you have to follow it up with like yeah but hold on just you can sit back you can relax we're in total charge here and we know exactly what we're doing and that's the confidence that Harhi gives off as a show. Um, when Kion uh, finally confronts Harhi, he's like, I, I, I heard you, um, you joined all these clubs and you dropped. And she's like, yeah, I, I went to the sleuthing club and they were idiots. There was not, there was no super sleuth. Like they're all, like I went to the ghost club and they can't find, they can't find any fucking ghosts. This place sucks. And Kion mm-hmm. gives this like short monologue about how like for the common man, uh, sometimes you have to settle for what is as opposed to wishing for what isn't. Uh, he's to uh, to cite a show that I work on. He's real Jerry Smith in this moment. Mm-hmm. Like he's just like, you know, there are geniuses and they make stuff happen. But for us, we just get to sit back and watch. And this frustrates Haruhi. And then after she thinks about it, she grabs his chair and bashes his head against a desk <laughs> and is like, I've figured it out. I'm going to make my own club. Um, yeah. She drags him upstairs and is like activated for the first time that we've seen her in the episode. And she's like, okay, here's what you're going to do. You're going to take care of this stuff. Uh, you need to, I'm going to find a club room. I'm going to set up the club, but you need to find out what the rules are so I don't make any mistakes. And he's like, what? Why do you think I want to be a part of this? And she's like, yeah, okay, so get the rules. <laughs> and he's like, she's not even listening to me. What am I doing? So he finds out what the rules are. You need five people in a club room. She finds the club room. It's the literature club, which doesn't can, have- can we, can we... Go ahead. Sorry, I, I just want to pause because there's, there's just a, there's a really good joke that I don't want to run past. Um, which is she's like going on this rant with him and she's tell- and like this there's this long conversation between the two of them and then at the very end uh, he's like come on we're in class and they pop out and the whole class is like looking at them yeah. <laughs> like, like it seems like a thing that's been taking place in an empty classroom the entire t- time like this two minute dialogue heavy scene um, and then like the wide has everyone including the teacher just like with their mouths agape it's fucking awesome very funny uh, uh, so uh, Kion, she finds the room. It's the literature club. Everybody's graduated except for one member. And she's like, so we're going to have our club meet here. And that girl's going to be in the club pointing to, uh, Yuki Nagato, who is in a book, just reading a book. And Kion's like, you're not cool with this, are you? And she's like, it's fine. And he's like, well, you, you, <laughs> you know that she's just going to like make a lot of noise and you're not going to be able to read. And, and Yuki's like, no, it's okay. Like very... Very Ray. Yeah. Um, and uh, Kion's like, well, we need more than three members of this club if it's going to be 
at like a functioning club in order to have uh, like to be what do you call it, registered by the school? Yeah. Uh, and she's like, don't worry, I, I have an idea. <laughs> and she comes back with Mikuru Asahina, who we've met in the previous episode as the star right. of the adventures of Mikuru Asahina. Um, and Haruhi treats, as I've said earlier, treats her with the cynicism of a producer saying, we need a hot girl in the show in order to sell the show, which is a meta, meta layer of the Haruhi of Suzumiya, Haruhi producing the idea of the show by surrounding herself with these characters to make her life more interesting is it's like callous. Mm -hmm. She treats, she treats Asahina like an object. Yeah. She's also like slotting Nagato in as a type, right? Yeah. 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 She's like, Oh, that that's the brainy quiet type. So what we yeah. need is like a hot girl type. We need them. And, and this was a big concept in the mid 2000s. She calls her Moe, which is like a sexy sort of cuteness or a cute sexiness. Mm -hmm. uh, she's like, we need a Moe character in order for this to work. And she's like, look at her big fucking tits and just yeah. grabs Asahina's boobs and is like rolling them around in her hand, which is the way you get away with the joke of sexually assaulting somebody is if you're basically being like, look, this character is always treated like an object in these shows. Look at these things. Look at these fucking boobs she has. Yeah. And we it's didn't really talk about it in the first one uh, or episode zero, but they really make a meal out of her running for like a long time. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Sure. Yeah. And the camera that Haruhi has framed is on Asahina's boobs in order to get people to watch the show, mm -hmm. which is what people are doing when they're making anime. Right. Yeah, it's a, it's a it's a it gets the show kind of gets to have its cake and eat it too. Yeah, I've I've watched or I've read a lot of like deconstructions of like how Haruhi doesn't have permission to do like the show doesn't have mm -hmm. permission mm -hmm. to do these things just because it's calling them out, but. I feel like if you are going to do it and you're not going to comment on it, that's worse than doing it and being like, so if you're going to make a, a really interesting club that people might be interested in, you should have these tropes in that club. And here's one of the tropes. Uh, and um, then she... <laughs> then she announces the name of the club which is the SOS Don, the SOS Brigade. Right. Which is short for spreading excitement all over the world with Haruhi Suzumiya Brigade. Emphasis on S, O, and S in that long string of words. Yes. Uh, and, uh, and she's going to, and they're going to investigate stuff. Together. I mean, the 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 boob scene is ridiculous because she's like, she's grabbing her boobs from behind and and going, they're huge, they're huge, and uh, uh Mikuru is just is literally yelling, "Help me, help me!" Yeah. It's so, it's it, it's also it's really 
vile if you know it's horrible think about what's actually happening it's horrible yeah. and also earlier in the episode harvey's like i've date men and women i don't give a shit i'm just looking for something special so we know that harvey is not like it's not this could be it it's assault it's not yeah. it's not good what she does but she's also not at this point been established as a good person <laughs> No, yeah, one hundred percent. You know, Nagato just completely unfazed by everything. Kion, and, uh, like I, I, I don't know. I like Kion. Is he's a funny character because yeah. he is like, he's like so he's like straight manning everything so hard, but also in kind of like a sort of a low energy way. Yeah, like he's not actually like he's like what the fuck, what the hell are you doing? He's just sort of like this, is, you know. You can't do this. Basically, just this is inappropriate. Yeah, you can't do this. What's going on? Did you kidnap her? Um, there's a nameless group with no set activities. What what is what is happening? You know. <laughs> he he also like she's like, do you want to grab him? And he's like, no, I don't want to grab. Like he doesn't. Yeah, like yeah, typical, yeah, no, yeah, no, yeah. A typical anime dude would be like, what? The hands Me? would be there already. Yeah. No way. Yeah. Or, or or nose just starts yeah. bleeding. You know, like oh, yeah. you know, like it's like. But but his reaction is just like, no, come on. <laughs> no, I'm not. But that's horrible. Yeah. Um. So that's our first two episodes of the broadcast order order of the melancholy of Haruhi Suzumiya. Uh, it ends with that dance that we've heard, where all these characters are dancing the dance over the ending credits. Uh, and originally, with a uh, next episode preview that would tell you both Haruhi's order and Kion's chronological order of where they were uh, in the in the running. And I'm glad you guys are having a good time so far. Uh, the final, the final lines. Wait, I, 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 I screen captured them here. Hold on, I had them up here. Um, the the final lines, the final line is really funny from Kion because he's like, uh, so she talks about spreading ex- excitement all over the world. She talks about her club, um, and uh, she kind of gives her like, uh, final, you know, like like the like, explanation of everything. And his response to that is like, uh, with Harui's baffling sentence, it was decided, and there was rejoicing. <laughs> and, and it's just, just like the idea that he's like, I don't, I don't know what the fuck's going on, but people seem excited about it. I don't know. It, it it's it, his energy is great. Um, the the sequence. I mean, like you know, there's the dance is is kind of fan servicey too. You know, I, I think well, by the yeah. opening credits more so, but it, there is like you know, a lot a lot of. Uh, uh, schoolgirls like dancing around you know i i think yeah it's fan servicey but also it's clear that Haruhi's the one sort of orchestrating this stuff sure yeah mm-hmm. um and there's people there's a lot of debate in the anime community about whether or not you like Haruhi as a character because she is so fucking toxic. Like, she is not good. But you can make a show about toxic people, and it can be funny. And that's what this show is. Like, you're not watching it to to emulate who Haruhi is. You're watching yeah. it because it's like, holy fucking shit. Like, it's not... It's She's, again, she's like a Rick Sanchez. Like, he's not a good dude. Like... That's what she's not supposed to be good. The difference is, uh, I have an article here from uh, CBR.com. Harhi Suzumiya, voice actress, still receives death threats a decade after the anime. Jesus. 
because That's so funny. There's there's Insane. like a a real conflict between whether or not you think Haruhi's good or whether you think she's just fucking awful. Yeah. And when people have these parasocial relationships with fictional characters, they sometimes let that leak off into the real world and uh and people are like, well, "I hate you because you voiced this awful person." Yeah. You know? I I get it. I mean, I was sending a lot of those messages to the actress who played Skylar White. Yeah. On Breaking no, Bad, so. Yeah, and I, you know, uh I'm still sending out stuff uh just to everybody in the last jedi so yeah i yeah i just, I, I get it i'm really angry at uh daniel day lewis for playing bill the butcher <laughs> <laughs> I, I i mean like look this this broader than anime this era the the mid 2000s the aughts was like that was the difficult men era of prestige tv where like we yeah. were we we're grappling with this a thing that's existed in fiction for a long time, but was novel in in television. Mm-hmm. The idea of a an unlikable main character, the unlikable, the idea of a protagonist who's a who's a bad person. Yeah, and this just feels like that's just that. Say this is just that. You know, it's like we we've we've seen a lot of the a lot of shows like this. Um, I think she's a very funny character. Yep. Yeah, <laughs> she's clearly like you know a, a a psychopath I would not want to interact with in real life, but. It, it, it it's it's created some funny scenarios at least in these two episodes. Yep, yep. I'm excited to see where it goes. I I'm I'm I had a I had an absolute hoot watching these. I they were they were very very funny. Yeah. Um and t- and completely uh, unique. I know Super that our fun. Yeah. I know our plan isn't to watch both seasons and the movie, but I'm hoping. I'm hoping that you guys have such a good time, here in the first season of Harhi that we decide fuck it. Let's watch the whole thing together. <laughs> uh, I'd love to keep watch. I mean, I'm going to keep watching it, and we'll we'll see where this goes. But yeah, it would it would have to do a lot to lose me at this point. Fuck yeah, awesome, good to know, good to hear. It would have to do a lot to lose Nick. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's just uh, as long as uh, Mikuru doesn't wear that bunny outfit again. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> uh, Does do we have uh, any other thoughts on this? These first two episodes. I, I, I just love that. Um, I just love that the show is like this. Um, that it aired this way, and um, that the first two episodes we watched are nothing alike. But like, in, I think they do sort of a. It does do a good job of introducing who the characters are. You get the one perspective uh, in, from the video, right, and then you get like the real introduction of these characters. Uh, and I can't wait to learn more about them. Yeah, me too. Except I know all about them, and Except I know, how, you know. How the, I know how the fucking show works. Uh, I there I like that there are um, episodes or there are websites that dedicated to Harhi that allow you to toggle the order in which the episodes are lined up. You can click a button on uh, the Harhi manga wiki. Uh, and it will let you sort by broadcast or Crunchyroll or uh, chronological DVD release order, and that's that's helpful. That's really helpful. And that's that. Good job. If you're listening here and you still don't know which ones to listen to, it's on our social media. It's on. It's in the Discord and it's on our Patreon. The list uh, in which we'll be watching uh, the order in which we'll be watching the episode. So you, you have no excuse to uh, not follow along. It's been posted everywhere. But that being said, 
for next week, we are going to be watching The Melancholy of Harhi Suzumiya Part 2, which is Episode 2 of Crunchyroll Order, and then The Boredom of Harhi Suzumiya, which is Episode 7 on Crunchyroll. So Episodes 2 and 7 uh, are the next episodes we are watching in broadcast order if you're watching along on Crunchyroll. Very, very excited. We'll talk about that next week. But you know, we talked about something last week, which was Star Wars Visions. Yeah, and some of y'all had some thoughts on that. It's time for Chain Reactions Blue Milk. Oh, no. I forgot we said that that's what it was. Blue Milk. <laughs> blue Milk. I've had the Blue Milk at Galaxy's Edge, and it's great. Uh, wow, that's good to know. It's really delicious. The green milk is actually really, really good, though. That one's, that's my, that's all the- f- I'm mad about the green milk. <laughs> Why was there green milk in The Last Jedi? <laughs> Luke wouldn't have to, shut the, shut up. Uh, <laughs> he's not real. Um, wow, that actually a hurt me to say. Grew, a guy who grew up on, like, the most decrepit, like, fucking rural farmstead would certainly do no, not do anything gross and desperate to survive. No, it, like it's like you know. Yeah, in a he lived on a fucking <laughs> sand planet. I'd be chugging any sort of milk from anything if I yeah. could. If I had the chance, you kidding me? Uh, anyway, I did hurt yeah, my feelings do, when I said that he's not real, uh, and yeah. I do take it back, and I'm really sorry. <laughs> um, okay, good. I'm relieved. I I didn't like that I said it. Um, <laughs> This first uh, blue milk is from Lilu Baloo. Hi, Lilu. Uh, Hello, Hi, Lilu. Lilu. Uh, and, and they're saying, just echoing, I'd love to hear y'all cover Suzume even further. Such a great movie. I'm getting a lot of feedback about Suzume. Our friend Chef Kevin over at the Hollywood Handbook uh, Flagrant Ones podcasts uh, texted me over the weekend that he saw Suzume and he had never seen anything like it and was just blown away. Wow. Per our recommendation, he, he went and saw it. Oh, that's yeah, great! Wow. And uh, super into it. So that's awesome. Well, we'll d- definitely someday when it's more widely available. Uh, wildly, wildly available. Um, I think we wildly available. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Wide, widely, widely, but wildly means widely. It's, it's 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 it. That means it's really out there, and that you can't. You, yeah, it's really out there. It's <laughs> you everywhere. can't avoid it. You can't avoid this thing. <laughs> Uh, but once it's once it's available uh, at, at more critical mass, uh, I'm sure we'll discuss it. Um, but I think about it a lot. I, I, yeah, I, it's a great movie. Great movie. Um, this next one is from Simon. That's how they have their name spelled. A lot of extra letters. Great. Into that. Yeah. Uh, Very Star Wars. <laughs> yeah. Uh, twice my girlfriend and I had a trip to Japan planned and twice we had to cancel it. The first time I fell off my bike and broke my hip while cycling to, to my last day of work before leaving for Japan. Oof. Ouch. Uh, and the second trip was planned for March, 2020. Listening to Heather's recent trip there is making me pump for when we finally do make it over, which knowing my luck will probably coincide with the first real kaiju attack to occur in record, in recorded history. (laughs) (laughs) Would be cool if there were, would be cool to be there to witness um, them mobilize a giant Gundam, though. Uh, that's such a bummer. That's, um, I don't know if that thing's operational. <laughs> the Gundam. <laughs> it's a trap. <laughs> um, the, 
hurting yourself right before a big trip like that is such a bummer. And I don't know if you guys have, it's, well, there's just like the world's different now. Every time I go on a trip before, I'm like, for like two weeks before, I'm like, God, please don't get COVID. Please don't get COVID. Please don't. Like, yeah, I don't want to get sick. I don't want to get sick. Yeah. Fucking sucks. Uh, so I'm always just, uh, I'm very anxious before I'm supposed to go on uh, what is to be a relaxing vacation. <laughs> so uh, I, I definitely related to uh, to reading that. Um, and honestly, if I, I yeah. went to, yeah, it does. So I, I did, did like in 2017, we did like three tour dates in Texas and I got bronchitis i got Ugh. extremely sick to the point where like the plane landed <clears throat> the plane landed and Nellie picked me up at the airport and took me straight to urgent care jeez yeah um, and like they gave me like you know respiration treatments jesus mm-hmm. christ um and i was like if that happened now i would like it just like just the reality of like holy shit i'm this fucking sick on vacation in the era the post-covid era mm-hmm. I would be terrified. Yes, and then I was yeah. just like, more sort of like, this sucks. Yeah, no, uh, I, I mean, I went to urgent care for the first time this year, uh, and it was, it was not fun. <laughs> it was not, yeah. not fun. Also, not fun to be that sick to have to go. Yeah. Um, but also not particularly urgent over there. No, actually, they're taking their time. <laughs> God bless them. They're it's, they're, it's, uh, the system, it's not their fault. It's the yeah, system it's that's bad. System. Um, yeah, God bless them. And because you know what? When they did get to me, they were really nice. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but uh, I was going to say, if there, was a, if there was a kaiju attack and I wasn't there, I'd be a little upset. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, great. I didn't get to see that. Um, uh, this next one is from, from Edwin. Uh, hi, Edwin. Hi, Edwin. I absolutely love visions, and it may be my favorite Star Wars thing. Now, that's a take. This is a take. That I don't hate it. I don't hate it either. I it's, don't hate it's it. A, it's, a, it's an interesting take, and I uh, I, I, I like it. Um, and they, they go on to say, Screechers Reach, season two, episode two, is amazing, and the inversion of Yoda's cave trial was such a cool idea. Yeah, Screechers Reach is, real, is a really cool one. Um, I don't know if we talked about it that no. much, but uh, but I like that episode quite a bit. Um, that's what I like. I mean, we talked about this at length, like, but that's what I like about visions is that they can stand on their own, but also do things, do referential things within Star Wars, and have fun with the idea that this is Star Wars and just like go nuts. Um, yes, I really, I really appreciate that about it. Um, and finally, this one's from Not Rock. <laughs> Hi, Not Rock. Hi, Not Rock. <laughs> Held out for 37 years, but after Lopin Ocho, I might finally be a furry. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> All right. Damn. <laughs> I had to read it. It's really funny. Hey. Good for whatever you. Gets you. Whatever gets you there. That's you no, know. No shame in there, that. Yeah, it's that's that's great. Whatever, whatever. Uh, hey, <laughs> that's fine. Our stance is that's fine. Yeah. No. Uh, it's that's fine, and I'm sure there are furries that listen to the show. And uh, you know what? I salute you. I've never had a bad encounter with a no. furry. No, they're the nicest, most inclusive group. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and everybody wants to shit on them. <laughs> Fuck that. And that's that and that's it for get uh that's it for blue milk. Wow. Wow. 
Uh, I would say, like, you know, hey, yeah, people, if you if you haven't didn't, didn't get a chance to check out Visions yet and you're looking for something to kill some time, should have killed some time, they're all short. It's a great anthology. They look terrific. Uh, watch a few of them and see what you think. But we're going to keep watching uh, Haruhi Suzumiya over here on Get Animate. That's and right. Guys, you got animated. Yeah. Wow. Wow. <laughs>